1: Well, and welcome back to the EPL Roundtable. I'm your host, Kevin DeVries. And as always, if you'd like to reach us at the podcast, you can do so by either tweeting us at EPL Roundtable or emailing us at EPLRoundtable at gmail.com. All right, now joining us is Steve McGookin. We're going to be talking about Tottenham. He, of course, is the former president of New York Spurs and has an election podcast at By the Minute. Steve, very pleased to have you back on. There's big news/slash non-news today. Harry Kane's injury obviously happened at the weekend, which was the big news. Today, Tottenham announced that he's injured, and that's about it. So they wouldn't put a timetable on the injury. Just what's your initial reaction to the news that Tottenham will be without their star striker, who, up until this point, had not missed a Premier League match?
2: Uh, It's good to be back with you, Kevin. I wish it was under uh, different circumstances. That was very much uh, three very expensive points that we got uh, against Sunderland on Sunday. Yeah, I mean, obviously you don't you don't lose someone of of Harry's caliber uh, and you know not break stride. But I think we are actually in a pretty good position in terms of the uh, the skills of the players that we have uh, and the flexibility that it gives us in order to uh, to move uh, the squad around a little bit. And obviously, I think Harry, <clears throat> excuse me, Harry needed a bit of a rest, but this is not. Uh, the way you would wish it to happen and it's kind of disappointing that <clears throat> we're still uh waiting to hear exactly how long he's going to be out for i mean it looked it looked a bad challenge and uh i've i've had those myself i know you probably have as well where it's uh uh it's been uh it's been very damaging so um yeah poor guy poor guy mm-hmm. but uh this is a big opportunity for your man, Vincent Janssen, who's made the transition over from the Air Divisie and uh, a lot of pressure on his shoulders. And, 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 you know, you know more about him than I do, so I'll let you sort of lead on this. But but they are similar types of players. Uh, you know, he, he puts himself about He gets into challenges. He's maybe not as, as flexible as, as Harry in terms of, you know, spreading the ball out wide or spreading the play out wide. Um, but, you know, there's um, – there's a lot of there's a lot of positives from what I've seen so far. The kid just needs a goal to uh, to put him on the on a, a good confidence footing, uh, and I think with the caliber of the players that he has around him, uh, and the fact that he had that great record in in, in Holland, uh, I think we can we can hope for the best from him.
1: Yeah, I do obviously very much love Vincent Janssen, and was very pleased to see him come over from the Eredivisie, uh, where he did win the Cruyff. Uh, their version of the Young Player of the Year, which I think is best young talent. Um, so yeah, very much uh, loved that signing. Batchuai would obviously have been better, but but cost for value, I think Jansen obviously the better one. He's he just not as ready yet. He has looked very good for us in his first couple matches. Um, when he came on against Everton, he looked very good. Uh, and this last this last appearance against Sunderland, uh, not his best. Um, had a a chance to play through Lamella perfectly and uh, decided to take a pot shot instead which was frustrating but we will need to rely on him now and he he does have the physicality for the Premier League as you mentioned there are similarities to Kane in that he had this one crazy breakout year in the Eredivisie and having the work rate that he does and the strength he has I, I think the natural comparison to Harry Kane was an easy one and at Tottenham we love bringing in players that are able to allow us to keep us playing the same style of football regardless of who's playing like we brought in michelle vorm so that we wouldn't have to change our defensive setup every time friedel was in net when Larice wasn't ready i think it was a large part of the sissoko thing is that he can play stylistically similar to dembele in midfield then we bring in jansen who can play stylistically similar uh obviously to harry kane up front as you said just needs the goal uh people are bringing yeah. up soldado comparisons which i think are are very unfair at this point, saying that they're seeing the effort but not the goals, so it's Soldado all over again. Obviously very harsh very early on. And Soldado was, what, 27, 28 when we signed him? Um, And he had already established himself in in his career. And uh, Jansen, obviously, on the very other end of that spectrum, only 22, I believe. And so clearly on his way up. So he he does need patience. Uh, And he's going to get the minutes now. A question for you. We have this EFL Cup midweek against Gillingham. Obviously, if Kane was fit, this would have been the perfect chance to get Jansen a goal. You plan with some of the younger kids, kind of get them flowing as well. How do you think we'll approach this match now that we need Jansen to, to play significant minutes in more meaningful competitions?
2: That's a very good question, Kevin. Obviously, if Jansen had got that goal, you remember against Everton? Yeah, uh, where a he had great save by Stecklenburg. Six yard but Yeah, that was a great save. But uh yeah, that would have done wonders for his confidence. And now I think the only danger with him at the moment is uh, that he tries too hard, that he he comes on and tries too hard to impress and gets stuck in too much and uh, and and sort of goes over the top a little bit, but i I think there 's a lot of potential there, as you and I have talked about before i I really like what i 've seen in the early in the early exposure I, I think he will play tomorrow, actually, although we were talking about maybe uh seeing Josh Onema play up front but uh I think I think Jansen will certainly get uh some minutes tomorrow uh and and we'll also see as you said um, a youngish team maybe Tom Carroll and Harry winks um, in in the midfield uh, and maybe even Marcus Edwards although you were saying before we came on air that there was a there was a slight injury doubt over him uh but yeah I mean one of the Interesting things is looking beyond this particular game, and obviously we'll have uh, Kieran Trippier and, and Kevin Vimmer to come into the to the team tomorrow as well. So it won't be it won't be all uh, youth oriented. Uh, looking beyond that, then we have uh, you know M- Middlesbrough, Man City, West Brom. Uh, Bournemouth, Leicester, and Arsenal; those are the those are the league games that that Harry will miss during that eight week um, eight week lay And and uh, and then of course in the Champions League, the CSKA away to Moscow and the two games against uh, Leverkusen, and that that could be the key um, that could be the key uh, tipping point. I think if if we're uh, affected long term by a, by a goal drought, that could be uh, slightly worrying. But from my perspective, it seems like um, it seems like the main games are obviously the Man City Arsenal games and the, uh, and the Champions League games. And then everything else is really, it comes down to how you make the rest of our players who are top class, top class players. S- Sissoko is getting into his stride. Hopefully Moose is going to come back, uh, uh, match fit, uh, uh, you know, closer to closer to now than, than Harry will obviously. But um and then you have an opportunity for, for Son and Lamella and Erickson to step up. And Son has been very effective in the last couple of, the last couple of outings. So, uh, so, yeah, I mean, as I say, we'll have a, a youthful feel about tomorrow's game against, against Gillingham, managed by, of course, former Spur Justin Edinburgh, who I uh, famously saw get sent off at Wembley in the Worthington Cup <laughs> final of 1999 for, uh, as it turned out, uh, not hitting Robbie Savage. He swung at him and missed. And um, and actually <laughs> that was why you get sent off. But uh but I digress. Um so tomorrow, yeah, we should I mean obviously we should we should win that game anyway, uh with even a second choice eleven. But uh I'm pretty optimistic about giving the kids a bit of a run out tomorrow. I do think Jansen will get a chance to uh, to get off the mark because I think that 's going to be hugely important for his confidence, um, he might not play the whole game, but you you never know and then, as i say we can we can go through the uh, the the roster of games that um, that we have to then mix and match with uh with the various uh replacements for Harry
0: Say hello to a new era of mental health care. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So, take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Before Shopify, were you wondering where are my sales at? Now you're selling with Shopify, the global commerce platform supercharging your selling. You have no problem selling online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Gary, easy on the cha ching.
1: Oh, sorry, but my Shopify sales are through the roof.
0: Start selling with Shopify today and discover how millions of businesses around the world use Shopify to ignite their selling. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at Shopify.com slash listen. Shopify.com slash listen.
1: Yeah, we we could have been dealt a a much tougher schedule over the period that we'll be without Harry. Uh, But... Um, uh, the Champions League obviously is a big question mark. I think we will benefit, you, you mentioned hyung Son, Sun, who has been very good the past couple matches. I think, you know, we might even see that next level out of him when he's playing Leverkusen, uh, obviously his former club. And uh, the Champions League, just because of the wider pitches, because every team that plays you is going to tend to come out and attack you more. Uh, Sun and Lamella in, in all that extra space should be really lethal, uh, as they were in the second half. Uh, against uh, Monaco but obviously we were unable to to get the goal but the stats heavily favored us in that one and I think you could tell from play and uh, Mauricio Pochettino came out after that match and, and brought up how much uh, we outplayed them in the second half there mm. so hopefully, like you said, the, the surrounding talent will be able to carry us through there and if Jansen, you know, captured 60% of his form that he ended the year with in the Eredivisie uh, we'd be in very good shape indeed yeah, you mentioned November, which is when we'd have uh, the Arsenal match. It, if he's back around then, it would be perfectly timed because we have a run of London derbies, Arsenal, West Ham, and Chelsea, then a week uh, at Swansea, then Manchester United. So that could be a very, very tough slate uh, to, to sled if we do not have Harry Kane up front. Um, now that we've kind of addressed the Gillingham match, I do kind of hope we also see Kyle Walker-Peters, just mm. because if we're going to roll out the kids, why not kind of do yeah. a lot of it and carter vickers who yeah. keeps being named in the first 11 he's been on the bench instead of vimmer for yeah. you know if you ask a different person you'll get a different reason um but it, i think it'd be really good to see him as well who is also kind of one of the future hopes for the u.s men's team absolutely uh, as, as he's and, a center back
2: and 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 knowing uh how much pochettino likes to bring the, the youngsters through uh this would be a perfect opportunity to to see some of them um, get a chance to uh, to uh, show them what they've got.
1: Yeah, and if they win, they'll have more opportunities to play, which is about as good a motivation as, yeah. as you're gonna find. Because if we crash out of that tournament, they aren't gonna. We don't have the Europa League to fall back on. This is their chance to play. Is in the league cups, so hopefully they will take care of that. One other big news point uh, this week: Daniel Levy came out and said that we are currently courting. Uh, people for the naming rights for the new stadium. Obviously been known as White Hart Lane for a while. There are a lot of positive and negative brand names that have been thrown on stadiums in years past. How do you feel as a longstanding Tottenham fan about the fact that it won't be just White Hart Lane 2.0, that it will have more of a corporate name on top of it?
2: yeah obviously the issue with uh, uh, what your stadium is called is a big part of the attraction to fans and and uh, it, it gives you a chance to uh, identify with a with a home ground and and uh, everything that it represents and I think an awful lot is going to depend on the structure of the deal, how much we get. Uh, as the naming rights uh, contract going forward, who it's with and and how the name is going to be approached, how the name of the stadium is going to actually represent itself. Um, Newcastle St James's Park, they had uh, it's now the Sports Sports Direct Arena or something like that. I think that's the, that's the the one up north. Um, so let's let's wait and see until we actually have. The deal on the table, uh, and it, it sounds like from the conversations that you and I were having about the NFL's involvement mm-hmm. and um, the potential for expansion for an NFL team in in London, uh, how that's going to uh, affect who the potential naming uh, naming rights owners are in the in the long term. So, so let's wait and see what we've got on the table. Um, we're not just you know selling White Hart Lane. We're selling the home of Tottenham Hotspur.
1: Right. Yeah, I think it's a great point. And the NFL thing should bring in extra revenue because uh, we will be able to have events on non-match days, uh, which obviously would would kind of increase the visibility of whatever company decided to put their name all over the new stadium. The NFL thing is an interesting one. Obviously, I have a, a different opinion on this than a lot of the British fans. Um, although, I also, on the other side, have a very hard time seeing how they could make a full-time London club work. Uh, London franchise. Sorry, I don't usually get to use that word on this show. Um, Just because you'd basically need to wait until they have the 18-week season, which has not been approved because of safety issues, because you'd need the two bye weeks, which is what would be implemented if they uh, increased the length of the season so that you could have thirds. So you could have like one-third in England, one-third in the U.S., one-third in England. So you'd just play like a 4 uh, uh, to six block slate in one place before having to move but right. your opponents don't have that luxury they'd mm-hmm. be flying over for a week and then having to fly back unless they somehow could make it that every team had a bye week the week after they had to travel to England yeah it um, would
2: have to be something like that yeah, wouldn't it? it'd be
1: very difficult but yeah. we are officially the, the home of the London games going forward mm-hmm. um, obviously once the stadium is built not quite yet uh, which is very and course, exciting and they've built them their own locker rooms. It's going to have a retractable tray, TM because that's how they <laughs> phrase it every time, um, with a, a artificial turf that won't damage yeah. the actual grass surface. Yeah. And,
2: and of course a, a big challenge is going to be how you move from the one-off games to having a regular slate of games and right. what, what that does to your support and the number of season tickets that you're able to sell. But again it's one of those things where this could be a positive this could be a real positive for the for the club it could be almost a hit to use the word visionary uh, but it could be something where we're getting in on the ground floor of something very big
1: yeah which would obviously be very good for us as you know we everyone keeps wondering why we always finish in this kind of like uh, fourth to sixth range it's because we're sixth in finances so right. anytime we do better than that is a good season for us and it's why. I think people that are critical of Daniel Levy are only looking up and being disappointed and not looking at the size of clubs that have tumbled down the table and out of the league like last Mm -hmm. season with Newcastle and Aston Villa you know we love Tottenham and we've done very well the past few years we are not the biggest club in England and the fact that we've been able to stabilize and that 6th is a disappointment Mm -hmm. is, is testament to what he's done at the club and I know you know, that's not the exciting part about supporting football is knowing that you have a high floor. But we do. And, and that safety looks like it will be continued. <laughs> I, I said that we would only touch on this or the stadium, and we just did the no, stadium. No, no, but it's, it's like, <laughs> with Daniel no. Levy, part of that statement, he also said that he does intend on staying for the long-term future of the club, which previously our understanding was that uh, Joe Lewis and Enoch and Levy were all intending to build the club up to a selling point once the stadium was built. And so hearing that he's now interested in staying long-term, I think, is very good for the health of the club. I know that a lot of people are going to be frustrated, and they they still look back on the one positive as the Vondervaert deal, which obviously we've not done since, but everybody always gets excited. Although I guess you could count the Sissoko deal, but we're not going to get into that here. You and I already recorded a thing on Sissoko. You can find it on our <laughs> iTunes feed if you feel so inclined. Um, so you
2: know, to be fair, I think we should reserve judgment on Sissoko. I think once he finds his feet, gets in the gets you know playing alongside um uh the, the the normal eleven. Uh and this is an opportunity for him to step up as well with Harry out. So, you know, I I, I, I think judge him at the end of the season. Let's let's see how we go with him. <laughs>
1: Fair enough. But yeah, so with the stadium and with Levy deciding to stay, I think we're very stable going forward. The question is how far will we be able to move up, and if the NFL money does come long term, that could be our chance to break into the upper echelons without mm-hmm. having to do any shady deals. Like I know one of the um, stadium sponsors that that was floated was Nike because they're probably or Nike uh, because they're uh, likely going to be our next shirt sponsor, but they've shown very little interest in um, hard assets. They're they're more interested in footballers. Uh, and even even their their uh, sponsorship of clubs has declined lately, um, with yeah. like Manchester United fading away and stuff like that. And so it'll be interesting to see how all of that works out, but it should help the club really advance. The other one that was mentioned was Qatar, who look okay. like they're about to lose the Barcelona shirt sponsorship. But the mm-hmm. issue is, there are a lot of <laughs> conflicts going on between footballers and, and just humans And what Qatar are doing currently to build up their empire and to prepare uh, for the next, not the next World Cup, two two World Cups Uh, from now. Obviously, they're dealing with human rights issues. And, uh, you know, while Tottenham is is no longer strictly a Jewish club, it is still viewed as such by many. And the idea of bringing in the Qataris, I think, would cause many fans to uh, see a disconnect between the sponsorship and the essence of the club, which... Uh, again, I, I do think that presence is less pronounced than it has been in years past, but it is still there, nonetheless. Uh, and and I personally would not want to to have Qatar on our shirts, but or or on the stadium, indeed. So yeah,
2: anyway. I, I I agree with you. I think that's absolutely right. I think I mean we are a, a prime source for anybody coming to uh, the Premier League, uh, and I think uh, we I don't think we'll have a problem with the. Uh, uh, with having bidders turning bidders away for uh, for the naming rights, so I think we're in a we're in the we're in the, the driver's seat. I think when it comes to uh, to negotiating a good deal, and actually I, I trust Daniel Levy to be able to do that
1: for us. Yeah, as do I. Uh, any parting shots you have to to talk about anything Tottenham?
2: Well, I was going to say, what what did you think about this story about the uh, all the contract extensions being agreed on the same day?
1: Yeah, and then, uh, he's just changing suits, and all the players came in for basically a photo day. <laughs> I do think it's interesting, and there there may be some credence to it, as uh, when Pochettino was asked, uh, what was that, the the Dyer contract? He yeah. was asked if there would be any similar news, and he was like, yeah, a couple. You're like, yeah. okay, so you already know it's signed then, because <laughs> otherwise you wouldn't come public with that, because Pochettino has two tactics. Uh, one, <clears throat> saying that he won't speculate, and two, uh, pretending to not speak English about particular <laughs> questions. Yeah. So if it was anything other than sure, he just would not have said it. So, um, yeah, I, you know what? I think there might be some credence in that. Obviously, we're just going to keep that that train moving. For those that don't know... Actually, th- thank you for bringing this up. This is a really interesting thing that I'm not sure other fans know. Basically, if you're seeing all these contracts, it's not... Uh, I don't want to say it's significant. Basically, what we're doing is we're keeping everybody signed for five years. So as soon as that contract goes down to four... We're trying to get it back up to five. And because we have so many young players that are developing, like Della Ali signed a five-year extension in January, then continued to improve. Then we signed him for another year now, obviously, on raised wages. he was When we first signed him, I think he was on like 10 to 15. Then he was on 25 on the one he signed in January. Now he's closer to 50. Uh, so not bad if you can double your wages every time you get a new contract. Um, but very pleased for him. Uh, then we sign. Uh, Harry Winks long term which I think I like a lot Tom Carroll I feel like that one's more about selling value because his contract was due to be up pretty soon and he could have just walked and I think we want something Uh, (laughs) sorry very briefly (laughs) we talked about um, uh, oh man now completely blanking not Shayon Harrison the other one Uh, Marcus Edwards uh, Edwards. before we started recording and about how you know the hype arguably started too soon on Rashford and Ali and they're two years older than what Edwards yeah. is right now. So I think we need to pump the brakes on that a lot because Tom Carroll was supposed to be the savior of our youth system for years and that knowledge allowed Bentaleb and Mason and now Winks to surpass him. So putting not only is it the expectations a burden, but it can also cause players to maybe attack their progression less vigorously. Um, yeah. which is obviously something we would want to avoid because Tom Carroll, you mentioned probably going to play alongside one of these kids. I think he's 25 now. Like he is not the promising young talent. We thought he was going to be when he's the same age as Erickson. He's older than Lamella. He's older than Ali. He's older than Kane. He's older than Jansen. Like I know that because he's diminutive. A lot of us think of him as like this young player. He's just not anymore. And and he should have amounted to a lot more than he has. But I'll stop ranting on Tom Carroll. No
2: no no I was I was just going to say when you get to my age Kevin you know the younger you can look uh uh, the, and give people the impression that you're 10 years younger than you actually are. It's a huge benefit. But I, I totally agree with you about uh, Marcus Edwards. There's a, there's a danger of putting too much expectation, too much pressure on the kids' shoulders. But from what we've seen so far and what we what we hear from people who, who see them on a regular basis, uh, we have every reason to be excited about them going forward.
1: Yeah, but we need to be youth development excited, not first team yes. excited.
2: Correct, correct.
1: Fair enough. All right. Well, yeah, I'm sure we'll see plenty more contracts. Maybe we'll hop on another show when we sign another batch that (laughs) arguably we signed two weeks ago. But uh, it's been a pleasure. Why don't you tell the folks where they can reach you? Oh, yeah. You can
2: get us at uh, at NYSpurs on Twitter or NYSpurs.com. Follow the conversation there. Or uh, you can catch my uh, U.S. election podcast on ByTheMinute.com and search for uh, U.S. election. So thank you very much, Kevin. Good to talk to you.
1: Yep, always a pleasure.